Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Sparks, presented by betonline.ag. I'm Sydney Weiss. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Sports. Sydney and I are happy to have you with us on this episode of Believe in Sparks. I'm Stacy Pates. It's a conversation the Sparks created to have a discussion in regards to pay equity and equal pay. Women are paid 89 cents to the dollar that men earn. Federal pay equity laws have existed for years, but women continue to experience gender discrimination, which affects their income and overall financial security. Progress has been made, but it's not enough, which is why this panel was assembled. Sparkso Neka Gumake, president of the WNBPA, Positive strides were made ahead of the 2020 season with the new collective bargaining agreement. NECA, tell us about your journey to getting the CBA to a strong place for WNBA athletes. Well, thanks for recognizing that, you know, it was quite a journey. It didn't start with the negotiation. It started um, well before even the opt-out. And so as players, we were very much learning along the way and understanding exactly what role we played not just in the changes that could be enacted for us currently, but also for the changes that um, can be catalyzed from this. And so in a lot of ways, we were, we were thinking about the bigger picture. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of brainstorming sessions. And quite frankly, I don't think that we would have been able to achieve a, a near double in salary, max salary, without doing it together. I think that there's always this... Um, there's always this stigma of there being one seat at the table for a woman. Um, a lot of times one seat at the table for a black woman or even a black person. And so um, we dispelled that by thinking arms and understanding that this was for all of us and for those that were to come after us. And we wanted to collaborate rather than compete for what the illusion of that one spot, because there's not one spot if we all show up. Uh, what was most um, glaring was the benefits that we were able to establish for moms, for working moms. And it was clear to us that the changes that we made for working moms um, were not just obvious changes that needed to be made, but also changes that we didn't realize haven't been enacted in what we would consider more traditional jobs. And in a lot of ways, as, as sportswomen, um, we feel as though we we sometimes fall behind the curve, but that was that was a way in which we were able to lead the way for women in the workplace, not just in sports, right. to, to to achieve the benefits that they need as working mothers. Betsy Butler, executive director of California Women's Law Center, has been fighting for justice throughout her career. Betsy, please break down for us the difference between equal pay and pay equity. Uh, well, pay pay equity. Um, uh, is, is just about if you're if you're doing the same amount of work or the same kind of work, you should get paid the same. So just because you're a different gender or have a different sexual orientation, you shouldn't be paid any less. And that's uh, precisely what what happens um, and what's happened. And it's and we're making progress, as you mentioned, but we still have a, a really long way to go. And uh, equal pay is critical for women to be able to have financially secure lives, right? So as we age, unfair, lo- 
unfair and low wages mean that families are forced to make sacrifices and their options and opportunities are limited. So if you're not making what you're, what you're worth, so for example, you're talking about um, women making 80 to 89 cents, that's, that's white women on average. Um, African-American women this year just made 62 cents to the average white man's dollar. Over the course of her lifetime, then, she's likely to lose out on about $900,000 in pay she's owed. Um, for Latinas, it's it's worse. They they only um, are at 55 cents per, per dollar right now. She's going to miss out on $1.5 million over the course of her lifetime. So collectively, though, women in California in 2019 missed out on 79 billion dollars in pay women in california so you know the ramifications of of lower pay um and the overall discrimination that has happened uh to to women to contribute to these lower levels of pay and sexual harassment on the job you know women who are sexually harassed or or abused um on the job are, are afraid to say anything because they don't they, they don't want to lose that that job they have. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons that that contribute to women's low pay. And and unfortunately, uh, you know, the equal pay law was passed 57 years ago. So the fact that that a lot of women still aren't making what they're worth or all women actually um, is is a is a travesty for this country. And it's something we really need to address. We'll be back right after this. Yep, sports look different this year. And while you might not be at a game, you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino because it never closes. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to Believe in Sparks. Renata Simarill, president and CEO of the 84 Foundation and proud Sparks season ticket holder. You know, Betsy spoke on the lifelong impact regarding equal pay in a lot of the sectors. Tell us what you've learned regarding the impacts of this pay disparity. I understand you come from it uh, from the perspective of the youth. Um, we like to say that play equity leads to pay equity. Um, so when you think about um, the conditions that sports structure play movement creates for young kids, um, that positive affiliation, you know, the self being able to develop identity, um, having a coach mentor um, that helps to guide them and becomes an advocate in their lives, um, and the agency that kids are able to uh, establish through sport and structured play, that connection between hard work and success that if I put in the effort that I can, can, can succeed, and certainly the leadership skills, the confidence that uh, one gets through sport. Um, you know, when you talk about, when Betsy was talking about the pay gap, um, you know, we have a play equity gap that is a social justice right. issue. Uh, and the fact that uh, households, you know, earning below $25,000 a, a year um, have the highest level of, of lack of participation for young, uh, young kids uh, across the board, but mm -hmm. certainly we see a widening gap from a gender perspective. Um, mm -hmm. One in four girls don't play sports in LA County. Um, and with 52% of LA County being Latinas, um, that's significant in terms of, you know, Neca, I know you had a crash course in negotiations. You know, I find having navigated a career uh, in politics, in real estate, uh, in the private sector, um, you know, sport helped me develop those leadership skills um, as a young middle school and high schooler 
uh, where I was able to ask for what I was just and what I earned. Um, and I think when kids don't have, particularly girls, an opportunity to develop um, that identity, that self-awareness, those leadership skills, um, that self-worth, um, then I think it makes it much more difficult to sort of navigate uh, when you do uh, make it uh, through college and through you know, the C-suite or through, through jobs to be able to ask for what you're owed. And so the L84 Foundation really focuses on uh, bringing partnerships and collaborations to close the play equity gap to make sure that all kids, regardless of income, regardless of zip code, regardless of gender, have the opportunity to um, build a pathway to lifelong well-being through sport uh, and to be able to ask for what is rightfully um, and justly earned and, and should be theirs. With partners like the Sparks is really to try to um, bring um, you know, the value of sport and structured play, not as a nice to have, but a must have in terms of, you know, those three things that I talked about, agency, um, advocacy, and, um, and um, affiliation um, as, a, as a way to connect them to, to their education, to connect them to their strength, to help them, like I said, develop that identity. And I think the other is, is when you have, um, you know, profession, women's professional sports teams like the LA Sparks, um, the soon to be Angel City Football Clubs, you know, to be able to read the stories and to see Aneka Kumake and, um, you know, so many others, then it, being successful and using their voice, that gives so much inspiration to these young girls. Um, if you can see it, you know, the Nike ad campaign, if you can see it, you can be it. And so I think the work that, you know, the Sparks and other female organizations, um, sports teams are doing, you know, to inspire that next generation are so critically important. And I'd be remiss if I didn't, um, you know, acknowledge Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris, um, you know, such inspiration in terms of finally breaking that glass ceiling um, so that young girls can see, you know, the, their path, their future. They can see themselves being the vice president or hell, the president of the United States, uh, because there's a woman that looks like them that has ascended to that, you know, to that, that, that position. NECA, what a blessing to compete in the WNBA, to get paid for what you love. Now, looking back on how sports shaped you and how you viewed your community, in what ways has this career given you a different viewpoint of the impact you're making, not just on the floor? Yeah, so, you know, for the better part of my life, you know, the WNBA has been in existence. It, it, it came to inception when I was six. And so um, it's, it's something that has been taken for granted by my generation. And so when, when you get to a position where you're in it, um, after you realize that you're a professional, you start to understand exactly what that means. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting because in my experience as a player, um, once I got to the league, I was asked, oh, you know, have you, you know, how does it feel like to be playing in, the, in a league where, you know, you, the, the fans aren't necessarily exactly what you expected and um, maybe you're not making as much money. And by fans, I mean, like, people assume that people don't come to our games, um, which I'm sure Renata can tell you is very false. Um, but it's interesting because I came from a university in which more oftentimes than not, we were selling out more than the men. And so it's, as, as, as Betsy spoke to Title IX, that was very, that was very mm -hmm. apparent in my experience at Stanford. And so for that to almost take a bit of a spill heading into my professional career, um, it was steps backwards that I wasn't quite prepared for. Um, but then also realizing that I had a say in it through my service as whether it was a player representative or a member of the executive committee and now a president, um, it's certainly more hopeful. And um, it's, 
it's empowering. It's empowering in a lot of ways. And for me to be able to, to speak on panels with the likes of women who are leading and experts in their fields uh, and to contribute and use that in my own leadership qualities, um, both as a teammate and as the president, I feel as though that is my responsibility, you know, and I think as players, we're learning more and more that, um, that our responsibility is to use our platforms in whatever way we can. And to speak specifically to the WNBA, you know, not only are we a league full of women, but we're also a league that is 70% plus black women. And so we are born into it as women and as black women, we're born into this. And so, you know, we, we completed a season in which we dedicated to say her name and Black Lives Matter. And, mm -hmm. you know, everyone was at home, so there was no option but to see us. Right. And we're very grateful for that opportunity, especially with 64% more viewership for the WNBA in, in, a, in, a, in a year in which the only plus in viewership right. was between the two women's leagues um, compared to the men's leagues. And so for us to really kind of bask in that and, and understand the importance of that, um, but also knowing ourselves, our DNA as women of this league and mostly black women, we're built, we're built into this. We were born into politics, mm -hmm. unfortunately, but that's mm -hmm. the case. Naturally, as women, we are politicized. And so it was nothing new to us, but we found that our, our movement had met its moment. And so we're really trying to ride that home. Um, and that home that we see for the future is just continued progress, pay equity, and of course, um, fair play for women in sports, and especially as it pertains to women in the WNBA. Women's athletics makes up 1% of sponsorship, less than 4% of media coverage. As we discuss equal pay, pay equity, representation, Neka, what do these numbers say to you? I mean, to be honest, when especially when you say these numbers now, there's really no other direction to go but up and forward. And it's just a matter of making the decision. Um you know, it, it gets a little bit redundant when people ask mm -hmm. the players, what can be better? What do you guys need? And mm -hmm. when we say what we need, it's considered unfeasible or unrealistic. Um, and when we don't, we don't seem to be impassioned by it. And I think that that the, the dichotomy of those two answers is, <laughs> it really comes down to the fact that it's not on us. You know, we're playing. How are you going to ask us what we need to do better? We're not the ones that are in the C-suite, in the boardrooms, engaging with partnerships. You know, that's the job of people who were hired to do it. And so once we realize that what we've been doing hasn't necessarily been working in the way that we had hoped, then we're gonna have to change some things up and see a future for ourselves and which, where we wanna go is going to have to entail things that we haven't done before. And that of course comes both from the players and from the executive side, but it certainly isn't on the players to decide where the league goes outside of marketing a product that is incredibly mm -hmm. viable in the first place. In what ways does this platform and this particular conversation raise your level of involvement in mentorship? When you break barriers by by excelling further than the last person, then there's that many more younger women and younger aspirers that now see you in a position that they may not have before. And you look like them, uh, you may talk like them, you may come from the same community, you know? So 
uh, mentorship, it, it plays into this web of representation, you know, quite frankly. And to kind of um, also kind of draw back to the point that you were making about hiring, you know, through mentorship and not only mentorship, but also through hiring individuals. You know, we, we talked about so many marginalized groups that are so highly qualified. I'm Nigerian American and we are the highest educated group of individuals outside of Nigeria in the world. And um, it takes people in, in positions of power to make those hires. And so if we have all of these young Latinas and black women and Asians and people of all walks of life that strive for excellence, but are still met with roadblocks because the people making the decisions don't represent these communities, that's a problem. And we think that we fix it by just hiring the person because they're black. No, they still need to be qualified, but it takes that cultural competence to understand that diversity is not just in who you hire, but also who is hiring and mentoring as well. That's powerful, NECA, thank you. Betsy, public service is of high value to the Sparks organization and clearly in the work that you do. What comes up for you when you see all the doors and opportunities the Sparks are spearheading to continue to have these open conversations and evoke change? Yeah, I, you know, and I, I'm so grateful to the Sparks because, you know, the number of lives that you're impacting, they're doing a number of different kinds of panels and mentorship programs and they get out and they're doing um, um, workshops, basketball workshops. I mean, it, it's those little things, you know, like I got it, I got into public service, but it wasn't my parents who helped me do that. It was my professors in college who said, this is the path you need to go on. Um, so I think young people need to expose themselves to as many different avenues and people and, you know, call people and ask them about their career and see if it's something they want to do. And, um, you know, and I think working together, really trying to bring up young women and, and helping them understand that, you know, it might be kind of scary, but that's okay. You know, and even if you don't, if you aren't completely successful, you will learn a lot about yourself and the world and, and, and your place in it. And it's, it's all positive. And um, I just think we have to be great, great mentors. And I'm, I'm delighted to, you know, to be here. And I'm so thankful for the Sparks and all that they're doing. I truly believe that change um, is very gradual and it's very, it can be very simple, especially for everyday people, you know, so when it comes to women in sport, let's say specifically the Sparks, go buy a jersey. When the games are on, watch the games, you know, bring a friend to watch the games, get to know um, the following on social media, you know, all of my teammates and the Sparks are all on like every platform. So it's as simple as just making those conscious everyday choices that can contribute to the bigger picture that we're speaking about here. You know, it doesn't have to be some grand gesture. Um, you know, everyday people are heroes in their own way. And so just making those small changes, uh, it's, it's, it's really what can make the difference, especially over time. And it's incredibly meaningful for us, for women in sports um, and for women in general, especially as you represent for the women in your lives. This episode was just a recap, just a snapshot of the amazing conversation that women had around the topics of pay equity, equal pay, discrimination. You can listen to this panel in its entirety 
on the Facebook page of Your LA Sparks. And as always, if you want to get involved, stay involved, find out what Your LA Sparks are doing, please visit lasparks.com. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Sports. Follow me at SwissBaby24 on Instagram and Twitter, and Stacy at Stacy Pates on both platforms as well. Interested in advertising on this show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Believe in Sparks. This has been a presentation of BetOnline.ag. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.